Coming up on TMS, don't show me your EULA. My only expertise is that I have also seen the crown. Fetch me the body wipes. Melted down gummy patty. D23, dice or die. No butt cracks at Target. Stimulus bidet. Two American men talk about the Queen of England. Scooch over to your little digital hole. There are many different mushrooms you can eat. (laughs) Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. I live in the mud. I'm brown, fat, and ugly, but I would still find a husband. From Hell's Heart, I podcast at thee. This is the morning stream. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It's the morning stream for September 8th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by guest host and TMS regular, Bobby Frankenberger. Bobby, hey, what's going on? Hello, I'm here. I've been practicing, doing my stretches and... And uh, and drills. Good. You uh, got the I'm you ready. got the paperwork. You filled it all out. You signed all the uh, dis, the uh, not disclaimers. What's the word I'm looking for? All our end user license agreements to be a co-host yeah. on the show. Eula. Yeah, our Eula. And uh, yeah. well, you don't want to ever see anybody's Eula. It sounds dirty, doesn't it? Don't show me your Eula. Sounds like a uvula. <laughs> it does. Uh, you know Bobby from, of course, our Tuesday edition of the show where he comes and talks about science stuff. Well. Now you get to hear him talk about everything else. Isn't it your first time at the rodeo? He did this uh, not long ago. He came and yeah, guest this is my third time. Whoa, guest hosting. Damn, really? I would have said second. I don't remember the first. When was the well, first? Well, the first one was uh, maybe second and a half because the first one was um, it was sort of a short episode. You did like a half episode. Oh, right. It was when Brian was uh, in in Disneyland. Mm. Well, he's there again. Well, he's on his way there. So he's uh, probably in the airport right now, but he is uh, on his way to Anaheim for D23, 22, whatever it is. I think 23 is what they say because it's for like the next D23. year. D23. It's like a special club, isn't it? Yeah. D23 sounds like a, I don't know. It sounds like a cell on, in a prison or something. But it sounds like an impossible to make die, dice. There you go. Or die, sure. Die. Uh, but he's I, gonna, I wanted to say die, but it didn't. It no, didn't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, like that word. I don't like that word either. Plus, it reminds me of Princess Die, which reminds me of the Queen might be dying today, and uh, we gotta, you know, we gotta today. That. What happened? So she's she's surrounded by doctors and family, uh, oh, no. which usually is uh, portends bad news. Uh, recently, oh. uh, the Queen went through COVID, a back injury, uh, some other stuff. She's ninety six. So my guess wow. is this could be, uh, you know, we could be down the path here a little bit. Um, unlike a lot of Americans, I will not shit post on the Queen, even though it is kind of, uh, by tradition, it's the American thing to do since we kind of gave them the bird in 1776 and got the H out. By tradition. <laughs> We're traditionally it's, dicks it's to been the a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, I don't know if Zoe's in here today. I would love her take, but... Uh, but yeah, we uh, you know she's she's been around for a long ass time, and I think she's kind of, I think she's kind of great. Like I'm not, I don't care about monarchy. I don't care about royal this or that. Do not care at all. I don't follow it. I don't have any. I don't. I don't think these people are any better than anyone else. However, I think given 
their the tradition that they maintain and continue to prop up despite yeah. there being no real power in the monarchy anymore. Uh, all of that aside, I think she's a really nice lady who's tried to overall do nice things to be okay, yeah. you know, and not some, you know, raggedy silver spoon filled mouth sitting around there going, air, fetch me my, my body wipes or whatever she does. I don't know what she does. Yeah. <laughs> fetch me my body sure. wipes. Yeah. yeah. That's what you do. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I get the feeling and maybe it's cause I've seen that, uh, What's the show called? The uh, Crown. The Crown, uh, and 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 so you get that part of her life. I've seen that yeah. movie, the the uh, the Queen, back in 06. Fantastic movie, and that's really all I have, other than her public appearances and just her genteel seeming whatever. Whereas her son, Big Ear McGee, just seems like a total chode. Uh, her 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 kids seem fine. They seem fine. But whatever, they you know, they don't have a they don't have the kind of perspective I think regular people have on the world. She just always sort of seemed you know, to deal with it nicely. Philip seemed like a complete penis man. I didn't like him yeah, at all. Yeah. So the queen From my perspective as as not a historian who does not study any of this and and just uh, my only expertise is that I have also seen the crown. Um, <laughs> but Whoa. but from my expert opinion, um, she became queen at a time when lots of changes were happening and, and it was weird. The, the, the whole institution is weird to begin with and how do you grapple with that? And it seemed like as portrayed in that piece of entertainment um, super accurate historical documentary that uh, that that she she was she's tried to make the appropriate changes as society itself is changing I yeah. don't know what are you gonna do yeah like yeah I feel like that too like the you know you're, you're going through World War really her her era is World War two just prior to that and then World War two and then forward I can't imagine in modern history a more formidable time. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, a yeah. change in of, of technology and, and, and the industrial revolution and turning into what it turned into and all that. I don't know. I think she did OK for somebody who's, you know, in a position of mostly knighting people and bowing properly and, you know, doing whatever they do over there. But uh, anyway, uh, Godspeed, everybody involved. Hopefully she can. Uh, you think they'll ever have. OK, let's say the queen suddenly just zeroes out. All right. She's laying there. Yeah. Just. <laughs> She does like the the turkey and Christmas vacation. Yeah. Just lets it go. And then they do you think that given her status, do you think the doctors there go clear and do like the whole thing? The the the, the what do you call those? The uh, electric chest defibrillators. Defibrillators. Do you think they throw yeah. those on the queen and let rip or no? Do you think they well, just let I, her? Certain specific situations have to occur in order for those to even be useful. So I don't imagine if she's. If she's slowly passing on her bed, as you described, that they're going to be doing that. But it, it, you know, they probably have plans. Who knows? Okay. What the, like, like this isn't going to happen without everyone knowing what their role is to play. Yeah. Do you think anyone will? A doctor will? They'll work on it for a while, and they'll, they'll defib three or four times. Clear. Okay, keep pushing and come. You know, doing all the things you do, and then eventually one of them will go stop. It's we're done. This is we can't. She can't do, take any more of this. And he goes and looks at the clock and says, "Time of death, 
something something whatever PM. Yeah, George Clooney will come in and yeah, and do whatever George Clooney did on that ER show. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know about ER is that George Clooney was on. Well, he looked handsome, and he uh, yeah made out with uh, Juliana Margulies, and yep, uh, there you go. That was about it. I think he was a oh, and he was a he was a, a pediatrician, so he was he was working on the kids. Yeah. That's what he did. There you go. Yeah. You can skip ER now. Yeah. If hey guys, were you did you know that today you're going to get a uh, Cliff Notes version of ER from me in one sentence or less? I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, hey, there's a lot going on today. We got a whole Thursday lineup, and uh, of course, uh, great to have Bobby here with me. Wendy will be here later, and we got a big email to read with Wendy mm-hmm. today. Um, we also got some feedback from some listeners overnight. I always love hearing from you guys. Uh, there's a couple of quick things that I think are important uh, to get out of the way. Number one, Apple had an event yesterday. We're not going to talk about what they showed or did, but I am going to play some audio that was very kindly sent to us from Martin Key. Uh, Martin Key will sometimes capture all the times Tim Cook says products while he's out selling Apple business. Martin Key does one thing very well. He does it extremely well. <laughs> And today did an amazing job. So I just wanted to play this. Uh, here's what he said. It says, good morning. It's too early for a scotch or brandy, but I was wondering if it's too early, too early to get a fish sandwich. The answer is no, it's never too early. So here, I'll play that for you if I can freaking find it there, right there. Too early. Hey, too early to get a fish sandwich. There it is. Uh, so uh, there's that's for you. Anyway, he said he set out 11 times is all at the iPhone 14 event yesterday. Uh, which technically 10 products, plural, and one product, singular. Mm. And he attached it for us to enjoy. So here you go. Enjoy. Products, 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 product, products, products, products. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. I'm so glad he sent that. So. I detected the singular product. It's, yeah, like a, a, it's like a where's Waldo in audio form. Oh yeah, there was. But yeah, good job. You, I, did, I still am not sure which one it was, so I didn't pay attention. <laughs> anyway, that was really cool of him. Thank you for that. Uh, here are also some more of these. Send and receive email. <clears throat> we got an email from uh, Mark on the topic of cooking wine, which the other day I said tastes terrible, and I stand by mm-hmm. that. It's awful. Back when you were admitting to everyone that you are an alcoholic. Yeah, that I that now after one mojito at sea. I have yeah. become a raging alcoholic, and uh, I'm here. I'm one of those nice alcoholics, though. I'm kind of sweet and kind when I'm when I'm blasted, instead of like an a hole. I don't beat anyone up or anything. So yeah. there's that. Silver linings, everybody. Anyway, uh, this says, "Dear Syrah and Burgundy, Syrah, Syrah." Thank you. I don't drink. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have had a mojito. Is that a mojito? Those no, are, well, those are wines. Know. Syrah and Burgundy. Well, there you go. It says, on the topic of cooking wine, it's supposed to taste bad, he says with an exclamation point. Uh, you don't even have to be 21 to buy it because it's wine. It has also had salt added to it specifically so people will not want to drink it. I have no idea why this was ever a thing to begin with because they just take the worst wine to begin with and then they just add salt to make it unpalatable. And, uh, unpalatable. It also might screw up some recipes uh, that call for wine because there is additional salt. Just buy regular wine if you're going to cook with it. And as a bonus, you can drink the rest of the bottle once you're done or while cooking. Cheers, mm-hmm. Mark. Well, Mark, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I did a little digging. The wine Kim bought to cook with is actual wine. It's not good. cooking wine. I thought it was cooking wine. It's just wine wine, red wine. I would expect that from Kim. She she I, she knows what she's doing when it comes 
to the kitchen, I have gathered. Oh, yeah. Big and time. Um, I know that when I watched, back when we had cable, you, we used to have the the Food Network on 24-7. That's just what you do. Sure. Um, now it's to, now the Food Network is our um, is our hotel room viewing. <laughs> we do the same thing, dude. Like yeah. the same thing. While everyone else is out partying at 11.30, Kim and I are in the hotel room watching diners, drive-ins, and dives yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because they still call it the Food Network, but really it's the the diners drive-ins and dives channel yeah when uh, he won that contest because that's where he came from right yeah he comes that from that contest that, that first contest, season yeah. of that contest and he wins it i don't think at that time they went this is going to become the guy fietti channel but it yeah. but that's what happened man and that look i don't happened. have anything bad to say about that guy he does nice things for the world yeah, he he's a good sport. We like to to dig on him because he's kind of a character, but that's the whole point. He's a character, but he seems to be a good guy. But the point I was going to make is that they always say it, said on there, you always you cook with a wine that you would want to drink with, like yeah. you because you're putting it in your food, you're going to taste it, right? Good point. Yeah, you're going to so eat it. I would so. imagine that Kim would do that. The reason they do, I think, this could be a myth, but I'm pretty sure the reason that cooking wine is loaded up with salt is well first of all you cook with salt so you've got your seasoning done there already although a lot of people might not realize it's got salt in it so they they end up over salting their food sure because double salt but but also putting so much salt in it makes it undrinkable like it's disgusting like you said sure um and and so they can actually and i like i said i think this is true i don't think it's a myth but it makes it so that they can sell it in just the regular part of the grocery store. And, and like like oh. uh, Mark said, you don't have to be 21. So now they can put it next to other cooking things like the vinegars and oil and right. all this kind of stuff. So you're not, so, so you even know. if you're in like a dry county somewhere, let's in Pennsylvania, you can still probably get yeah, cooking yeah, yeah. wine because it's, yeah, because it's salt. And I think it, it gets taxed differently because of the fact that it's not sold as a, as alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Well, yeah. now they just need to make cooking weed yep. and uh, hook us up. I won't say whether or not I dabbled in any more of that bag that I got in Vegas. I won't say. I don't know. Did I? Or didn't I? I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I had another gummy. Maybe I didn't have any. You would never because they said that you couldn't bring any. Yeah, that's right. So why would I? Maybe I melted it down into a big patty and fed it to a homeless guy. Maybe that's what I did. I don't you, know. Why would you have to melt it down into a patty? I don't know. <laughs> they like patty form down there. I'm just trying to give it to them the way they like it. You know, you don't want to just assume <laughs> that they want free, you know, loose gummies. They might want a patty. So I give them a patty. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you for that information. I had no, not really thought about it. But in the in this particular case, so I guess the answer is I have tasted real wine and I really disliked it. Like greatly did not like it at all. Yeah. Wine, um, <clears throat> beer. It's like coffee. It's it's this category of of beverages that is a weird thing. It's you know it's an a quote unquote an acquired taste, which I think is weird. Like, why would you want to acquire a taste for something that tastes bad? That's always I say been, this as yeah. someone who loves beer, wine, and coffee has acquired a taste for them. Yeah, um, and I don't. I don't even like. Say, I don't like coffee for the same reasons for the most part. Once in a while, someone will say, "Try this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's pretty good," uh, but. I'm not like a regular coffee drinker at all. <clears throat> so yeah. for me, it's like the smell is all I have any kind of fondness for. Cause I, rem I remember my 
grandma's house, I'd smell like, you know, Folgers crystals or whatever. It really was the best part of waking up in the 70s and the 80s. Anyway, yeah. point is, um, I don't understand the concept of acquiring the taste because I don't think yeah. I've ever done it with anything. If I don't like how something tastes, I don't, there's never you're a done. time where I acquire it, I guess. Yeah. Or except, okay, when you're a kid, you don't want mushrooms ever. I acquired a taste for those as an adult, and I love them on everything. As a kid, I wouldn't eat kimchi or pickled things. Uh, olives, what a nightmare. Green olives, why would I eat those? Now, love them. Bring them on. Let's go. So there's that. Maybe that's what that means, and you can do that no, with beer that's and stuff. Taste, that's taste changing, I think. Okay. Because when you're a kid, everything's like insane. You eat an olive and go, oh my gosh, I've eaten the weirdest thing of them all in my life. I can't do that again. Yeah. But then when you're older, you're like, no, I'm good. I, I can handle extremes, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, more even whatever. peppermints, like, not kids don't like peppermint very much. Oh, yeah, pe- yeah that's true. That's right. They don't. They think it's hot. I think it's yeah. uh, spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, my kids are like that. Boy, you really want to piss off one of your kids and then have a thing they bring up all the time when they get older. Uh, <laughs> put a little hot sauce on their food just to see how they react when they're like three. They'll never forget. Yeah, and never. they'll never trust you again. No, Taylor's always like, Dad, you make this? No. Oh, good. I trust it then, or something. She doesn't trust me when I make food. She thinks I'm going to spike it with something hot. And she's 26, or whatever she is now. <laughs> <laughs> I've screwed that one up. Anyway. You're like at a fast food restaurant, you're like, oh, I'll go up to, they call your name, you know, you call your number, Oh, and you're, you're saying, oh, I'll go grab the food, and she's like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. get the food. Yeah, you stay here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, for those saying, "Well, if you like the mojito, maybe you gained a, a taste," I don't think so because these ship drinks, notoriously known for being like, even though the one I got was low sugar, they go crazy with the fruity side, and they could put very little alcohol in there because if they put more, you're gonna want less. Right? Wait, how's that work? I heard of some story. <laughs> they'll get. They'll. They'll. They they can keep you on the hook for more of it for longer if you're not having like a massive effect uh, with it uh, or something like that. So when I had my second mojito, I had one on the deck and then later at the restaurant, the restaurant one definitely had more alcohol and I could taste it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the one upstairs was like, no, it's like a fruity drink on the deck. It was like nothing. So technically, I probably, I don't know, I probably had more alcohol and a bad thing of peaches or something in my life. I don't know. It really (laughs) wasn't anything. Yeah. Anyway, there's that. Uh, Here's an email uh, on the Prius stuff. We were talking about why all these Lyft drivers have Priuses, and they seem to be freaking everywhere. This is from Shane Maddox. We love Shane. He's great. He says, hey, steering wheel and back seat. I like that. Uh, incidentally, I had a lift last week, which may have very well been my first ride in a Prius. To confirm Brian's suspicions, the driver did explain that Lyft did provide the vehicle. Apparently, the Prius is one of the options they provide. Love the show, though. Shane. Well, that's news to me that they provide anything. I didn't know they did that. Can you, if you're a, yeah. if you're a driver and you're like, well, I, I don't have anything. I have a skateboard. Okay, well, we'll buy you a Prius. How's that work? Yeah, they, I think they, they... More or less, I don't know the details, but I think they rent it for you, basically. Um, oh, okay. So maybe you're paying it, not paying it off, but you're paying like a a part of your your gettings <laughs> are probably uh, toward whatever that is, right? You're paying yeah. some percentage yes. to the car. Some of your gettings. That's how you um, that's how you fill it out on the tax form, by the way, in the gettings line, line sixty seven. Yeah, the gettings. Um, but um. <laughs> I can't imagine 
you must not make very much money lifting if you if you have to rent a vehicle. I would assume, yeah. But I mean, then I don't, I don't you know, know when I see when I see when I get in a lift, like they're all in re- usually in really good condition. So maybe if you've got a a crappy car, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know how to. I don't know how to gauge it. I don't know how it works. So did I guess I've never asked Brian this, and he's not here to answer it. But do they have that option when you signed up to be this driver? Did you did you get a, a was there a checkbox that says send me a Prius? I don't have one. I'd be really curious, but this explains a lot. If that's the case, if there's some arrangement like that, that explains why I saw, and I'm not kidding when I say this, 90% of the cars in the rideshare lanes that were all parked there to pick people up, 90% of those are Priuses. So there's something going on. Yeah. Maybe a lot more people are doing it than I realize. Uh, I guess if you're driving around a bunch that day, like you'd want to drive more if you're if you're renting it for the day, right? Yeah, you'd but, maximize um, your your rides and stuff. Sure. I'd need to look into this. I've thought about starting Lyft also because I'm taking these flying lessons, you know, and eventually I want to be able to to go on a you know fly on a on a weekend or something. And flying's expensive. Yeah, not I cheap. Need to find a way to you gotta you gotta that. supplement your uh, your income that mm-hmm. way. You only ever hear yeah. about people taking flying lessons that are like you know comedians who are bored or something but not you you're yeah. like a hard you're a hard working man getting the hard work done I am, and i'm not a comedian and you're not a comedian you're not funny at all <laughs> just kidding yeah. you're, pretty, you're pretty funny <laughs> anyway thanks shane and uh thank you mark for your emails if you'd like to be like them and send us stuff that we can read here on the show feel free uh, that email address is the morning stream at gmail.com the morning stream at gmail.com time for this Now, it's time for the news, but and we usually have like a little uh, bumper for somebody. Sometimes it's one of you out there, listeners or whatever. But I thought we'd take a second and just tell people about All Around Science, Bobby's podcast. Bobby, tell us about it. And why would one want to scooch on over to their, their little digital uh, hole and go, hey, this is a cool show. I need this in my life. Tell me why. Sell me. Well, so it's a weekly science show. We talk about science news, what we think is interesting in science, and what's what what you know has been going on in the world of science on a weekly basis and there are a lot of news shows out there but i find that a lot of them take a very either uh serious approach or a journalistic approach Mm. and we're not journalists we're just kind of like like science nerds we love talking about it and and thought why why not why just annoy our spouses (laughs) With with our well actuallys, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why make that just part of the table? You know, at home at dinner when you can spread yeah. it to the masses. I get that. Sure. Yeah. When you when you're really a big, a big fan of science, you really do love talking about um, things that you've read about and learned about and everything. So it's kind of like an outlet for us. And and uh, and we we talk about it every week. And we we we're not experts, so we kind of come at it from from a a different perspective and ask a lot of questions of each other and 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 try our best to teach each other about what we've been reading about that week yeah by the way can i tell you a bad joke yes i love bad jokes it's not even a joke it's a thing that my it's not a joke i told but it's a joke my older brother mark who's like 10 years older than me used to tell all the time because he thought it was hilarious and as i as i say it now i actually even regret even bringing it up but i'm gonna say it anyway all right he used to say everyone's an expert 
and we would and his goal was to have somebody say, "What do you mean everyone's an expert?" And say, "All <laughs> okay, people so are experts." Hold on, hold on. You you set it up. I, I know what to do now. Go okay, ahead. okay. So he so he's so I walk up to you and I go, "Hey, you know, every every single one of us is an expert." What do you mean everyone's an expert? Well, they we all came from your dad's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his okay. His joke was, "We are ex." Spurts. Oh, from uh, from, uh, not to gross anyone out, but from the man's penis. Like we used to be a spurt. We were a spurt. We 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 were part of the 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 lack of a better way of saying the semen load. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to to uh, to 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 fertilize the egg, and that was his joke. He thought that was hilarious, and he would yeah. tell it all the time, and he would always laugh. Or maybe it was my uncle Joel. I may be attributing this to the wrong person. <laughs> sounds it sounds like a, a weird Uncle joke. <laughs> yeah, my my Uncle Joel was kind of gross, and he would tell all kinds of gross jokes all the time. I've talked about this. I'd walk into a family thing, and he'd go, "Hey, hey, come here, Scott, come here, come here, come here, come here." I'm like, "Oh, geez, here we go." And I'm like, "Ten," <laughs> and I get up to him, and he put reach up my ear, he'd get close to my ear, and go, uh, "You know what they say about a, a two pound monkey, and what he uh, that time he met a priest in the alley, or whatever." Oh God! Uh, it's not even a real joke, but <laughs> okay, it's horrible, horrible setups, and then tell me these punchlines, and I'm like ten or twelve. I don't need this. Yeah. And I would have to like walk away, going, "Ha, ah, that's great, Uncle Joel. That's great." And he'd slap me on the back, and then off to the races. But uh, the I way think- you just described, I could smell your <laughs> your uncle. Like that yeah. was such a good. He has. <laughs> he's in his seventies now, or something. It, yeah, late seventies, but at the time and still now, he had this huge ponytail. He's got it all wrapped up in the back. Goes way long on his back. He's got yeah. this huge beard. He did have a smell like talcum powder, and I don't know what else. I don't know what all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I got it. It's right. I, yeah, it's in your head. You've, you've already, you've, you've achieved uh, smellness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, that spurt joke is the worst thing ever. Uh, moving on. Let's get to the story here. Hey, you know Snoop Dogg. Are you familiar with his work? <laughs> yes. I am. Smoking right. weed every day. Yeah, smoke weed every day. Uh, I have that right here. Where is that? Uh, here you go. Smoke weed every day. All right, so that's him uh, or, or people around him. Anyway, he made a cereal. It's called Snoop Loops, and it's coming to a breakfast table near you. For real. This guy will sell anything, do anything, whatever. He'll put his name on it. You don't care. Uh, oh, that's boy. his deal. The rapper, actor, and entrepreneur is launching a new cereal called Snoop Loops. The whole grain cereal looks similar to Kellogg's Fruit Loops, but also includes marshmallows. Jeez Louise. Uh, Isn't that... There's already a cereal that is like that. It's called Fruit Loops with marshmallows. Oh, do they have that? I didn't know they had that. Is that a thing? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've not had a sugary kid cereal in about 10 years. It's a good description, though. Like it, It perfectly describes what it is. It's like... Fruit Loops, but with marshmallows. But with marshmallows. Okay. Well, that's what he's doing. Um, let's see. He said, oh, he unveiled it on uh, Instagram over the weekend. It's actually a couple of weeks now. Uh, Broadus Foods introduces the best tasting cereal in the game. The No Limit Records founder wrote in the caption, Snoop Dogg, uh, we're taking over the grocery stores. Snooploops.com with a Z. Loops has a Z, which I assume is the effect of the weed putting you to sleep there at the end. Yeah. Uh, we make so the more we make, the more we give. Berry delicious faux shizzle, he says. He's still very delicious. Oh, uh huh. Get it? Berry that's delicious really instead of very. See, that's the play there on the words. There's the yeah. that's the very berry. Berry. Oh, sorry, berry. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, uh, he says, <laughs> what did he go on to say? Oh, uh, Snoop Dogg, whose real name is Calvin Brodus, for those who didn't know that. I didn't know that, but yeah. that explains Brodus Foods. Yeah, Brodus Foods. It's is, Bro- Brodus Foods, I think. Actually. There, there you go. Did you know that anyway. the brand's chief executive officer is uh, Percy Miller, a.k.a. Master P? Wow. Yeah. I want to work there. <laughs> that is a hip-hopping food brand there. Yep. yep. I'm sure that they, I think they also do, uh, pretty sure they also do some weed products. I'm not sure. Uh, Brodus Food already has a number of breakfast items under the Mama Snoop brand, which includes grits, oatmeal, pancake mix, and syrup. Uh, the company also boasts its charitable donations to organizations, including Door of Hope, a Christian nonprofit that helps uh, people dealing with homelessness. Uh, quote, Brodus Foods was founded to continue Mama Snoop's legacy of her generous love and passion for feeding families in our community. So it's based on his mom. Oh. That's that's nice. It is I'm actually at their website nice. now, and it look yeah they it looks like they're actually trying to do some good in the world. Yeah, which I can't you know I can't uh, ding them for that. That seems good. You would if you look at this, you would not have any idea if you didn't know who Calvin Broadus was. <laughs> yeah, or Percy, you would have no idea that either of them was associated with this. I guess except for the Mama Snoop, but right. But still, like it looks like they're all legit-looking foods. You know, pancake mix, syrup, even yeah. the cereal box just looks like a general. It's got cartoon characters on it. It's like, yeah. You, I I don't know what. I guess I expected to click on it and see like a cartoon version of Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, Sleepy-eyed by weed, like weed smoker-looking characters. Questionable-looking <laughs> leaves. <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> Uh, this is, oh by the way speaking of the mask guys a blue dog uh, he's he's cap he's called Captain Ace the canine team team captain he's a blue Siberian husky pup he reigns from the Alaskan territory where one snowflake can make an avalanche fall is that true I don't think that's true <laughs> or if it's true it's always true no matter where you are then right doesn't matter if it's Alaska yeah, it's, anyway. that's a f- physics uh, it says Ace is the Kobe of basketball and doggy land. Uh, we and, nice. When he and his team are not playing hoops, they go undercover as secret spies with their cool spy gadgets and use their super canine abilities to solve mysteries and save those in danger. They're snooping. They're snooping. Get it? Yeah, they're snoop. That's how you get away with saying snoop without fully revealing that Snoop Dogg's involved with your business here. Uh, anyway, there's a whole bunch now, of stuff. There's like about a whole business. background to this. Yeah. It's like they, they're world building here. They are. This is big. It's big man looking for that saturday morning cartoon coming soon yo oh i bet you that's for that's going to be a netflix netflix exclusive yeah but i love that this guy will just do he's just whatever put, put my name on it let's go uh, yeah man i'm snoop Dogg. Well, like i said they're helping trying to help the homeless yeah how can you how can you complain about that you can't you literally can't all right how about this story you can make fun of it though no you, should, you definitely can Speaking of mushrooms, I'm a fan. I like mushrooms, and I'm not talking about the psychedelic kind. I mean the kind you eat. Big fan. Uh, every morning in the buffet in the ship last week, I had uh, scrambled eggs with sautéed mushrooms. Mm. Mm, I'm not a fan of mushrooms. Oh, Bobby, how can I convert you? Hold on, let me think. What's my sales pitch? Oh, mushrooms are good. Is that good enough? Does that do it for you? Sold. Great. They're a high source of fiber. You get the right ones. They taste good. No pizza. Yeah, I should right say there them. are lots of different kinds of mushrooms, right? And I do like like portobello mushrooms. I've had in things, and and I'll I'll eat them. It's just yeah. my daughter, my youngest daughter, loves mushrooms, and she just 
I have to, I have to cook foods that I don't like sometimes, and that's one of them. I, I have to cook sautéed mushrooms so she can just have a bowl of mushrooms. Kim, same with Kim, but it's for me. <laughs> that's the only I'm the kid. <laughs> but like we were real split in our house. Me and Taylor, my oldest, love mushrooms. Everyone else hates them. So yeah, it was yeah. hard for us to get work done. But anyway. Uh, you don't have to eat these. Your final resting place could be a coffin made of the stuff, made of mushrooms. Mm. Uh, this is a Dutch you startup. Just, you just eat your way out. Yeah, you eat your way out of your death, and you're fine. <laughs> Dutch start uh, startup Loop is the name of the company. Uh, runs a factory in the city of Delft. Is that right, uh, Dutch people? Can the Dutch weigh in? I don't know. Delft. 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 <laughs> Uh, that unlike or that is unlike anything you've ever visited. For one thing, as soon as you enter, the scent of mushrooms fill your nostrils like the smell of a forest after rain. Mm. Oh. That sounds so good. <laughs> I know that there are there's a very split issue with mushrooms. I know that not everyone's going to feel this way, but mm, I don't so mind good. the smell of mushrooms. Like it's very earthy. I, I, it's great. Yeah, sure. You're okay with that. You just don't want to eat it. Yeah, I get it's it. It's probably a texture thing, honestly. Yeah, if I had to put put a finger on it. It's probably a texture. That's thing. what Kim says. She says it's not the taste; it's the texture. Yeah, because I like it cooked. I like things cooked in mushrooms and stuff. Yeah, I like a steak just piled high with sautéed mushrooms. Oh, right now, I could eat this. Right this freaking second, I could do it. Anyway, uh, if you follow your nose, you'll arrive at a damp former vehicle re- repair shop filled with industrial sized <laughs> fridges, heaters, fans, and two greenhouses. Uh, oh, your nose! One. <laughs> One of these are uh, a great big freaking coffin. That the, the point of it is, the coffin goes in the ground. It's perfectly suitable and stable for the viewing and for the all the things you do, the pall bearing and all the stuff you do. Um, mm-hmm. But then you bury it, and then it biodegrades because it's just a big ass mushroom pile. And so as you as you decompose, the mushrooms decompose, and now you got amazing soil. And you can grow more mushrooms there. I don't know. I don't know what you do. It's just is, a, is that the is that the end goal? Like that's why you're doing it. <laughs> it's so you can have better plants. I don't know. No, yeah, I think it. Yeah. I think it's just like, hey, if we're gonna put stuff in the ground, why not make it? You know, something that belongs there. You yeah. Know, that, that, it is kind of crazy when you think about how much land is unusable because we have like metal boxes. Yeah. <laughs> with. D- dead people in them. Yeah, metal boxes with in people there. wearing metal things and plastic things and, yeah. and all that. I know some of them are wood. Often they're wood, uh, but even then, they they take longer to 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 break down and decay. I'm I'm kind of all for these sorts of ideas. I don't know how it Me smells. Too. Like, is it overwhelming at the at the at the viewing? If you're in the south, is it even worse because everything's hot and humid? And you're kind of cooking your freaking mushroom in general the answer is yes <laughs> the answer is yes if you're in the south worse. <clears throat> i mean yes. you're in the south you know how it goes yeah. it's hot right yeah. now right oh it's, my gosh yes yeah it's gonna be hot for like another two months probably i don't know what's going on here either we're in the 102 range we're not supposed to be that hot this time of year it's effed it's almost like well, there's a heat wave going on i i would say what's going on but i'd feel like i i'm beating a dead horse <laughs> yeah that horse Who's dying is yes has his name is climate uh, climate climato changeo is his name and uh, we love that horse <laughs> and you can put him in a really big coffin mushroom yeah or mushroom coffin Co- mushroom I coffin. guess that would be the right way to say it coffin mushroom this article this article is doing a great job of trying to get you in a particular mood there's a paragraph here that starts 
what it's like describing the scene, right? <laughs> white lab coats and glassware are dotted around, and in one corner sit 25 yellowish white caskets, <laughs> the color of a poorly maintained incisor. <laughs> What? what a weird descriptor. That's really weird. I don't think I like that. I think that's too weird. All right. A Houston woman in the news. We like our Texas listeners, so here's one for you guys at home. Houston woman poisoned on her birthday after touching a napkin found in a car. Oh, man. Whoa. Yeah, this goes places. According to Fox 26 News, the local affiliate there, Aaron Mims was celebrating her birthday with her husband on Tuesday when she found a napkin stuck in the passenger door handle of their car as they were leaving the restaurant. She barely touched the napkin as she threw it away uh, without giving it much thought. Then went back into the eatery and washed her hands. After she returned to the vehicle and they departed, she felt a tingling sensation in the hand uh, when she opened the car door. Maybe in five minutes or so, my whole arm started tingling and feeling numb. I couldn't breathe, said Mims. Uh, let's see. I started getting hot flashes. My chest was hurting. My heart was beating really fast. Her husband, uh, sorry, husband, drove her to a nearby hospital where doctors performed blood work, urine tests, and a CAT scan. Uh, in the video, she explained that she spent about six and a half hours at the hospital after the incident, which started at Prospect Park. She got poisoned. Let's see if we can find out the kind of poison this is. This was that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Let's see. Um, so, so, so just imagine grabbing it. Okay. <laughs> they got some crazy beep people in the world, y'all. Yeah, Mims says warned. Mims. We warned to uh, watch out, y'all. Uh, never thought this happened to me on my side of town. They still don't say. They never say what it was. Is it possible that it was like food poisoning or something? I mean, I maybe. Mean, that's, that's what I'm I mean, saying. I feel like we're having a causation causality thing here. I guess... I guess you don't normally go numb on in your arm when you get food poisoning, so maybe that's a giveaway that it's not. Yeah. But if that is, that seems deliberate, doesn't it? Yeah. She needs to take stock of what kind of enemies she might have. I know. Next time I see it, like a, well, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but if I see some tissue jammed in the little hand thing, I'm going to pick that out with a pencil or something. I'm not going to touch that. No. I think I probably would have done that anyway. But um, <laughs> the uh, the... I, it probably was left on the door handle because it said they that she went back in, yeah, and washed her hands and finished the meal. And probably when they, when she came back out and opened the door uh, with the same door handle, I bet you there was something left on the door handle. Yeah, she reinfected. Like if you went and yeah. touched that, here here's where I would have. This is where her and I are different. This makes me wonder is she particular particularly germophobic or something? Because if I would have done this, I would have seen it. I would have pulled it out and tossed it and then just got in the car the idea of going back into the restaurant and washing my hands immediately would have not occurred to me even though it probably should have occurred to me right but i just wouldn't think of that yeah um and i usually have spray in the car like some antibacterial something so maybe i would have done that but yeah who knows i guess what i'm saying is next time you find a wad of paper jammed in somewhere it shouldn't be uh don't don't necessarily assume it's just some old lady's booger rag Okay. Yeah, don't don't assume it's not poison. <clears throat> yeah. Don't not assume that it's not poison. Wait. Don't not not assume. I don't know where we're going with that. It's Just keep working. adding on the negatives. You'll get it event get it right eventually. Great. Uh wouldn't be a Bobby uh, day if we didn't talk about COVID for a second, so here's some COVID stuff. <laughs> um America's COVID toilet paper hoarders. Remember them? Remember their whole deal? Oh yeah. That was yeah. <clears throat> Do you think there's still? Do you think there's still people with like a load of toilet paper in storage and they're just sitting on it, you know, hanging on to it? 
for a rainy day? What do you think of that? Do you think that's a thing? I don't know. I I, th- I feel like like why wouldn't you have just used the toilet paper before you went and bought more? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. We yeah. Kim and I. So Kim, for so here's a little insight into our lives. Kim and I always try to have somewhere between six to six months to a year's worth of food storage, and that includes some you know paper products and. We yeah. try to have like a year. So if if things went south for whatever reason, uh, we would just we would have enough to feed everybody and take care of the kids mm-hmm. if they needed to come here or whatever. We'd have we'd have enough. So it's a lot of like canned right. stuff and you know ramen bags and this is what you expect. We have a couple. Big when when cr- when COVID started, did you kind of like like get a little you know? A little bit of like, you guys thought we were crazy, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I think we were, we just always, I don't know, it's, this is a, almost an entirely a Kim thing. She's very, very prepared all the time. Yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm not so much that way. I, I don't get hyper prepared for anything. But it was always nice to know <clears throat> that it was there. And we try to rotate through it. That's the other thing. It's not static. Yeah. So you you eat through it and then replenish it. It's a good idea. Yeah. It really is. Seems like a decent idea. So we do that already, and we've been doing that since we got we've been married like our whole lives. So this is like nothing new. Um, so we had toilet paper, but not tons of it. But I remember at the time right. thinking, "Are we sitting on you know like a gold mine here? Like should we should we eBay a box of this or like what, what are we supposed to do?" Anyway, I don't know how many people still have that. The people that really hoarded went to Costco and went to town on all that stuff, and they still if they still have it, did they go through it? Are they still wiping their butts with it? I don't know what they're doing. Some people, um, I mean, there, there were some people with, that got a lot of it. Early, the the people early on who who saw the writing on the wall before the the stores wised up and and put limits on those things. Yeah, the, some of those people were getting quite a bit. It was bad. It was bad. And then some of them. I remember there was a big toward the end of the panic. There, there was some guy. Some guy got like sixty. I don't know what it was. It was some huge amount of toilet paper. And he tried to take it back to the store they got it from. Oh my gosh! Because he was realized he had overdone it, and they said no. <laughs> like, go home, dude. Well, of course they said no. Like, what? <laughs> I'm not gonna pay. We're not gonna give what you other money si- back. W- would what other situation would you have ever been able to return all that? Like, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Even with like, it looks a liber- like I was wrong. Yeah. So even I with like a bought with, this. with like a really liberal return policy, even then I just don't know. It's the kind of thing that I, if I were them, well, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't give it back. Walmart will let you return anything. That's he could have gotten some store credit. I feel like that's true. Man, you know what's weird? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Side note: on the ship, overheard a conversation. I may have been the same people that were looking for Sarah Palin's house or something because there were yeah. these people that were really excited to see her. Um, yeah. But they kept talking about. How they refuse, they won't shop anywhere but Walmart. And the people that were with them were asking them, well, why is that? And they said, well, first of all, it's just where I get everything, everything I ever need. And, you know, fair enough. They have a, they have yeah. kind of all that stuff covered, all your needs or whatever. Sure. Um, and then they, I cannot remember how this went. She said something like, it's not all, how'd she put it? It's not all up its own butt like Target, she says. <laughs> And I thought, I don't feel like Target's up. It's on. I feel like Target's just kind of on the same level, sort of. Target is the bougie Walmart. Yeah, they're just, it's just Walmart with a giant Target on it. <laughs> 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 Maybe their price is a little more. I don't know. I haven't really compared, but 
um, boy, they were really into that Walmart discussion, though. Just going, oh, on, on, oh, I love Walmart. They got the garden zone there. I can just get my stuff, take home, put it in the garden. <laughs> like they were stoked about Walmart. And I, like, I yeah. kept thinking, dude, on an average visit to Walmart, I see someone puke. <laughs> like, like yeah. Walmart's are gross. They're gross. I can't stand going to Walmart. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it either. I mean, look, if I have to and, 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 and the price is right or they, they're the only ones with the console I'm waiting up all night for, whatever, I'll go there. But yeah. I'm not pick. I'm not going there first. I'm not going. So maybe this is what they're talking about. Maybe it's just because people look down their nose at Walmart. That's, Probably is. They're yeah. having some of that uh, that, that pushback to, yeah. to people. But, uh, you know... I, I feel like most people probably are fine with Walmart because if if how busy it always is is any indication, you know. Yeah, but it's always busy with people in sweatpants where I can see their butt cracks. That's different than Target, yeah. you know. Where else are they gonna go, Scott? Where else are they gonna go? You're right. There's only one way to go, <laughs> and that's Walmart. All right. Uh, anyway, these uh, <laughs> these toilet paper people. It here's the weird effect. It created booming sales of Japanese toilets. So, oh, did it? Yeah. The, in fact, the chat even alluded to it earlier. The bidets and toilet, fancy toilet market exploded in the wake of that. So luxurious toilets complete with heated seats, cleansing jets, and water uh, of water are so common in Japan, they become almost synonymous with its culture. They're now taking off in the U.S., thanks in no small part due to pandemic-induced shortages of toilet paper. Uh, the largest yeah. toilet maker in Japan, Toto Limited. <laughs> Toto. Uh, which introduced the Washlet in 1980. They're like the first high-tech bidet, really. Yep, yep. Uh, they, their sales of the device more than doubled in the first quarter of 2020 from a year earlier and jumped 18% in the first quarter of 2022 from the prior year. Uh, the outlook for further growth is bright, despite the toilet paper pan- uh, panic being over. Uh, he says this, the executive uh, dude over there, CEO says, although washlet sales in the U.S. have grown significantly, they're still significantly, they're still far behind the penetration rate in Japan. It's because the water Sounds penetrates like a better. Commercial. It does kind of a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I, so I think they probably had like a perfect storm of things going together, right? Like a perfect, <laughs> perfect shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. Of uh, the. Uh, there was the the pandemic people yeah. buying up all the toilet paper yeah. so you need an alternative yep. and also everybody got extra like stimulus money yeah and, they could afford a toilet so, we did we bought a bidet that that uh year we did that very thing I, I bet you i bet you like we bought a we bought a roomba Ooh. with with uh, with some of that extra money so i bet you like i bet you there were all kinds of sales that was the point of the stimulus right was to help it didn't work i don't think maybe don't it think, did maybe, I'm not maybe it staved us off i don't know what yeah. it did i know but, uh, it bought me got helped me get a tv i wanted so that's cool. i don't think <laughs> i don't think people buying um toilet paper was the was the thing that caused the shortage though i always heard that that was what people thought at first but really it was a supply chain thing but i guess the end result is still People don't have toilet paper, so they're looking yeah. for hoses to clean their butt with. Yeah, which meant there were you know two or three viral videos of people with giant stacks of toilet paper in some stores, and that made it feel like everybody was doing that. And yeah, per usual, it's a little overamplified. But um, anyway, good job, Japan. You you've cornered the market on the shitter. Uh, good mm-hmm. job. All right, we're gonna take a break. When my uh, when we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. We got a big email to read this week, and uh, it's a beast but a lot of important stuff there. Hopefully it's going to help them and some of you out there 
as we tackle it. Before that, a music break. I got this song from Brian. This is from a British slash Indian rock artist named Perty or Pretty. P-R-Y-T-I? Pretty? I feel like it's a pretty, it's, it's a play on pretty. I could be wrong. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, this song is called Wasteland. Uh, it says Pretty is excited to share her new single, Wasteland, out today via Welcome to Pariahville Records. Fans can watch the accompanying lyric video of the song on YouTube. You can go find it uh, out there. And uh, that can, it was created by visual artist and musician Craig Gowans of Bleed From Within. Or if you want to listen to it on your favorite streaming service, this is out now. Uh, brand new single, again, in the uh, British Indian rock artist, Pretty, I believe, P-R-Y-T-I. And the song, Wasteland.
It's ColecoVision, the home video arcade system with effects just like in the arcades. Your vision is our vision. ColecoVision from Coleco. You're playing with the big boys now. Big boys. You are not prepared. This is the morning stream. All right, we have returned. That song, once again, is Wasteland by Pretty. Available now wherever you get your indie fix. Okay? So get out there and check that out. That little uh, commercial bit that you played after the the song, um, you said, yeah. your vision is our vision now. Doesn't that sound like a threat? It does, right? To me, it does, actually. Let's play that bit again. Hold on a second. The home video arcade system with effect. Your vision is our vision. Ooh. Your vision is our vision. Oh, dude, I don't know. I feel like I'm being groomed. Mm. <laughs> that's a that's mm. an explosive word these days. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, uh, we should call Wendy. What do you think of that? I love it. Yeah. For one, look at you on the other other side of the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I was on Thursday last time, so that's true. That's true. Every time you've guessed it, has it been a Thursday? I think it might have been Maybe. all three. Yeah. I don't know why. Just worked out. Well, that's what the, those are the weekends Brian goes places. That, that would explain it. That's true. It's the it's the day before the weekend. If you're going to extend your weekend for you guys, it needs to be starting on a Thursday. Well, extend it straight to here. Everyone knows Wendy. My sister Wendy Dunford, who uh, hails all the way from the beautiful uh, Twin Cities area in Minnesota. Uh, my sister Wendy. Hi, Wendy. How are you? <laughs> I was going to go much longer. Like she is a professional and does all this stuff. And <laughs> I was uh, like, "This, you've got like the the radio voice yeah. has come through strong." Going going real real traditional radio here today with Wendy. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have you right. back. We weren't here last week because I was gone. Uh, had a wonderful time. I'll tell you what, man, Alaska is freaking beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. How cool is that? that place is awesome. There's uh, there's stuff there like. That petrified beach stuff we ran into, run into it, but we visited, um, was amazing to me because I thought we were just looking at a bunch of rocks. And when you got closer, you realized yeah. every single one of those rocks was like, I assume million, maybe millions of years old, at least hundreds of thousands of years old, and they are all petrified wood in different forms. And it's some of the most beautiful. Like I wanted to get a bucket and take it all home. It was so cool. And I took I some of them. Is that bad? Is that bad that I took some and brought Carter a couple of rocks? Like she's six years old. Is that weird? <laughs> no, but I was there a rule against that. I don't know. I didn't check. So if there was, I got away anybody. with it. Um, but these, I got and now her. Now you've admitted it. <laughs> I got her also a shell that had barnacles living on it. So it was like a shell of some creature, and then on top of that, other creatures had grown on it, and then the whole thing had died. In Alaska, they call that trash. Yeah, they might call it just trash there. I don't know. But it is freaking <laughs> A dime a dozen. So That's neat. awesome. So cool Fun. up there. Anyway, uh, it's good to have you back, though. We're uh, we're going to go ahead and just do... Oh, and Bobby's here, by the way, co-hosting. Uh, Brian's Hi, in Bobby. Vegas, as you may have Hi, noticed. Wendy. It's been a while. Uh, Brian's always in Vegas. What's he do there? Or not Vegas, sorry. He's in Anaheim this week. He's going to that Disney thing this week. Uh, but he was in Vegas, Vegas last Disney. week. Yeah. With okay. that guy. Anaheim. Vegas. That's how he gets his flight miles, basically. <laughs> Just those two. <clears throat> those are the ones. Anyway, um, and I have a billion conversations we could have about some of the psychology I witnessed on this boat. Um, oh, yeah. With a certain generation that is ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll save that for a different time. Uh, instead, we're going to read this huge email. So uh, here it comes, everybody. 
I've broken it yeah. down into paragraphs, so this is a little easier to read. Uh, it says, hey, Wendy, first wanted to thank you for all your advice that you give on the show. It doesn't matter what the issue is that you talk about. I always have a takeaway. Your segment has helped me in so many ways, and I always mention the segment to people and the advice you give. I apologize if my message is long, and I'm happy to have this be a TMS segment. So here's some background. I'm 39, soon to be 40, before my second birthday. My parents split my dad left, uh, or my parents split, and my dad left for another woman. My mom got married to another abusive man. At age six, my dad got custody of my brother and I, and my mom could, uh, couldn't handle looking after us. My dad was very abusive and mentally abusive and physically all the way uh, through to leaving me home at 18, or from to me leaving home at 18. My dad and stepmom would have physical fights, and more than once there would be blood in the hall down the stairs. Yee. Subsequently, uh-huh. when I suffered, or I suffered from terrible anger, I had been abusive towards uh, my one of my partners in the past. From a young age, I felt like my uh, uh, from a young age, I never felt liked my anger. I'm not sure what that means. Never felt liked my anger. Anyway, some of this is a little uh, weird. Anyway, my brothers were all the same, and my family always said it's in your blood. You can't change it. I never accepted that until recent years. Uh, I couldn't control it. I realized my anger came from anxiety after listening to the show and going to more workshops with Ryan Pinnock. Who's that? Do you know who that is? Mm-mm, nope. Okay. I started to listen uh, to my thoughts and feelings and realized that every time I got angry, it was due to fear. Thanks to your segment and Ryan's workshops, I have managed to learn and grow. When I met my wife, I was in a very dark place and she brought me out of it a bit. We have been together for almost 10 years and married for six. Two years into our relationship, she started rejecting me when it came to intimacy. Oh, boy. Um, I really, let's see, I really struggled, but due to my upbringing, learned how to go numb for, uh, numb or into survival mode, mode, as I would call it. That's what I call not pooping on a, on a giant ship for seven days, by the way, survival (laughs) mode. That's not true. I pooped twice. Anyway, (laughs) information no one asked for. I was wondering. Yeah, you were, I'm glad because now you know. Um, anyway, Mm -hmm. it says, uh, then every six months or so I would have an outburst. Uh, and we went through some marriage counseling in 2018. It didn't massively help. I decided in 2019 to really start working on myself. That's when I first went to Ryan's courses and I started to grow and learn about being mindful and understanding my triggers, learning from yourself, uh, about some, uh, about so much more, but the lack of intimacy was still there and I wasn't getting rejected because I stopped trying for the most part. But I finally started to feel ready for a family. Over the years, I became uh, so focused and ba- uh, and a baby, I think he means on a baby, on a baby that towards the end of 2020, my anger came out in force a lot more uh, and a lot more frequent. I rewind, uh, let's see, to rewind a little, I self-destructed a lot of my previous series of relationships to avoid rejection and never really communicated. I hid who I was for such a long time, but when I met Laura, I started doing the opposite because I wanted to change. I overcommunicated and I've been doing uh, everything uh, to not quit on our marriage. I didn't get marriage. See, I didn't, sorry, I didn't get married lightly and it was very hard for me to do. So even though I have to, or I had to be so unhappy for years, this is why I have stayed because I just can't quit. Back uh, to 2020, it wasn't just anger. I was crying a lot. My uh, friends and I, uh, sorry, my friends were all having children, it seemed. Okay, here we go. Watching a TV show where somebody was having a baby, even listening to stories about Van on the show would make me upset. In 2021, I started to break down and take my upset out on her, not physically, 
but never touched her and was having weekly outbursts along with crying most days. I decided I want, didn't want to carry on with the anger and the pain, so I started going to therapy and counseling, and it's been the best thing I've ever done. Well, good. There's some advice you've given many times, and that's good to hear. Uh-huh. I've worked on so much, and I've grown mentally so much, so uh, I've communicated better and not emotionally. Counseling has uh, helped bring the issues to the forefront of my mind and deal with them. The baby issue, though, or uh, through counseling, got worse due to my own grief to the point where I had images of a baby's memory or b- b- of sorry images of a baby memories of holding him, smell, touch, etc. I understood that this was my grief forming, and after listening to you talk about ceremonializing grief, did we talk about that? We did, yeah. Okay. Having like little funerals and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, to say goodbye when I wasn't re- or when I was ready, I did that, and it allowed me to say goodbye on my own terms. Eighteen months of counseling, and I'm having my last session uh, agreed. Let's see, and I'm having my last session agreed with my counselors. We both felt I could handle my thoughts much better. Much better. Um, I feel I want to stand on my own two feet, but the one thing that hasn't changed is the intimacy and having children. My wife understands now I feel I've stopped pushing, uh, not in a survival mode, but understanding that she has her own issues that she's been dealing with. She's been in therapy therapy for around two years and she has her anxiety with having a baby as she is type one diabetic and has general anxiety. There has been multiple reasons why uh, she didn't want to have sex over the years, ranging from she didn't feel confident to saying she was, uh, wasn't attracted to me, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and having a baby. I don't, uh, I don't doubt some of the truth behind that while, uh, whilst, uh, sorry, whilst learning yo deal, I'm not sure what that means. Learning to deal, to deal with. with my own issues. <laughs> the yo really throws me. Uh, I have tried to support her through managing her diabetes, uh, looking after her when she's having rough days, and more often than not, I try to look after her. I feel I have grown so much, but she's still not there. I've tried everything to support her and understand her and give her time, but I am 40 soon in November, and I'm starting to feel similar feelings as I did in 2020, but with better and calm understanding about my own feelings. I don't think I can keep holding on to what may never happen between us. My wife is my rock. She saved me and I will always have that, but I'm feeling stuck again and not sure what to do. There's so much more I left out and I'm trying to give as much detail as possible. Sorry for the long message and thank you, John. Okay. That's a big one. You did good, Scott. That's impressive. It's a lot. Plus there was a lot of yo's where it meant to say twos and it was kind of throwing me off. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so there it is. That's, That's the whole thing exposed. Where do we want to go with this one and how can we help this dude? Yeah, <clears throat> this uh, that's a long uh, a long history of having your nervous system wired around stress, right? Like, like your set point being automatically fight or flight, anxious. Yeah, who knows what I come home to, etc. Right? Like, we cannot overstate how that impacts someone through through their lifespan. Yeah. You can re you can really learn and meditation. There's a lot of, you know, if anyone's just like, ah, meditation's not for me. Well then maybe, maybe you don't have this need as strongly as others, but there's to calm your nervous system takes a lot of effort when it was really originally wired around violence and uh, uncertainty or neglect or those types of things. Right. Sure. So a, a very common response to that is, overthinking and anxiety. Yeah. Okay. So when you didn't have someone making sure 
think of it like this. If you didn't have someone thinking about you, yeah. so this could be from neglect or, or they're in their own traumatic abuse cycle, you know, your parents or something, they're not thinking about you. Um, and so if that's happening in some form, there could be a variety of forms, then our systems will respond by overthinking and trying to sort of observe everything. And, you know, a, a neglect example would be like, well, no one's going to feed me. So now I need to, you know, I'm, I'm a younger child. I've got to look around for food sources and prepare that food and figure out how to get food. And what a kid should be doing is playing or learning or, you know, whatever. Instead, that that skill set gets comes on board to survive, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things, and, and maybe he's learned a bunch of this through therapy, of the origin of some of those thoughts. I don't, the way he said it made it sound like it was a cognitive behavioral approach, maybe a little bit, um, really getting into his thinking. And I don't know if they, they went deeper into sort of sourcing some of the thinking. But the act of overthinking has an origin somewhere, usually. Um, and so it can be really helpful to, to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually there's some wounds there or something bad happened or, you know, it could be trauma, that type of thing. So in his case, it's very clear what all, well, all that stuff is. So how that applies to this is, you know, obviously he's gotten help and he's working on it and he's trying to do all the right things with his wife and, you know, but this obsessive obsessing about a baby, mm. um, I think is connected. And so, of course, I don't know the whole story and I'd have to, you know, talk to him to, to get a better sense of this. But, you know, that would be something I would think about exploring that what does this what does having a baby mean? Um, so you could take another person in the same case and they will be just as adamant on the other side. I will never bring a child into the world because of what yeah. I went through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we would all go, oh, yeah, OK. No, we, maybe yeah, it's easy that. to get. It's easy to understand sometimes when you hear mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And maybe that's not fair. It's just as problematic emotionally or something, but that just seems more logical probably to everyone on the outside. But this craving for a baby probably has its roots in something very similar. It's just a different response, which yeah. is what is it that this baby represents? Sure. Because people can want a baby, right? And not have it be some deep, dark psychological reason. But if you really scratch below the surface for most people, you know, they, they want to make a photocopy of themselves and look at it. Okay. That's right. weird. Yeah. Or they want to, um, they have reasons, right? And a, a lot of them stem from your own experience as a child, maybe the culture you're in, everyone around, like he, he mentioned, the, the social pressure. Everyone's having a baby. Yeah. Um, Definitely relate to that. Yeah. So he's he's getting all his all the clocks are ticking for him. Yeah. And there's, and, there's a human, yeah. not, not every human, obviously, but there's, there's kind of an overall imperative to continue the line, right? That's just kind of in us to, yeah. that's part of survival yeah. is the survival of the species, not just the individual. And that's how you it's do it. to propagate the species. Right. right. And then there's also the, just like you're hitting 40 and you're doing all this work and figuring out, you know, 40, I, I, maybe I'm getting the timeline wrong, but like, he didn't do therapy really till his late mid to late thirties. Yeah. So that's a lot of life of you holding stuff together and trying to do your best and you know, whatever. And so some of this is 
sorry, maybe some of this is new to think through, um, et cetera, right? Like he's, he's trying different patterns and lots of it is working and he's giving his wife space to figure this out. But clearly there's something going on with her too, right? So that's the challenge. He, right. He's expecting a thing or needs a thing desperately. And that is the exact thing she is not sure about. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm focusing on the baby. We'll get to the sex stuff in a second, but focusing on the baby because that is, it's a do it or a don't do it kind of thing. It's not one of those gradual, well, let's test it out. Let's borrow a neighbor's baby. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't so you really want to make sure that you're on the uh, yeah. a firm footing there and that you're doing it for the right reasons because there are a lot of wrong reasons to have a, a kid. Right? Yeah, yes. I agree. And, and many, many times I've, I've known and watched people thinking that's going to help a relationship. And it is. Yeah, that's the not. first thing I thought was that if if this person is feeling on a shaky footing with with their spouse, you know, you want to be careful that it's not that you don't you're not tr wanting to do this because you think it'll fix things, you know? No, yeah. no. And and to quote, because that is the opposite of what kids do for a relationship. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like if you think you're going to have sex after a kid, good luck. Like, <laughs> that is not what that leads to. Not necessarily. Um, I, I, there's somebody in the chat room kind of summed it up by saying, well, so this gigantic letter is just, I want kids. She doesn't, I don't, I don't think that's a fair assessment. Um, no, by, no, by that, I just mean that there's more to it than just. I mean, that's where it's going to land. Yeah, in, you, that, yeah. And that's actually the problem. That summary is actually the problem for, for John mm -hmm. is that all this work means like it leads up to this and it's supposed to be getting this thing I, I desperately need. So I, I also have a bias here. I think, I think sometimes um, there's a couple places with therapy that I have learned, I think are, are valid options. One is someone goes for 18 months and gets a little bit better and that therapist you know, there's value in ending that relationship and letting you, you know, go on your own. Then there are people who, in my humble opinion, need it the rest of their lives, right? Yeah. And they need it the rest of their lives because so much has been happened to them and they just function better. They yeah. can just having that once a week, once a month check in where this person does nothing but makes it about them just is really important for someone who maybe re really didn't get that kind of unconditional regard at any other place in their life. It's really powerful. And so there are lifers and I understand this is an expensive thing and it's not always easy to find the person, et cetera. I mean, I, I get all of that, but there really are different categories. And then there are some with therapy, they need to just live it and, and, and not keep talking about it. That is a valid option. Um, that digging all the time is not good for them. So everyone's a little bit different. And my, my gut here is like, he shouldn't stop. This isn't, I, I understand the need for independence and feeling that like, I'd like to try on my own and I want to put this stuff into place. I, I do get that, but I, I think there's some power he might be missing. And where this shows up is here. I want this baby and to be able to process that with somebody that's not your wife, because here's the challenge with co-parenting, being in a partnership of any sort, you over rely on this other person to be many more things than they can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, especially when it's really connected to something that matters to both of you, 
And this baby is is a divider. And, and clearly sex is also a divider. So that is, so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. There's lots of versions of people needing different things. Um, I wish everyone would go at least once <laughs> to therapy, yeah. but then uh, recognizing that sometimes as a maintenance thing for people, it is it is a thing. Um, mm. And I worry about just his history is so intense um, mm. that, you know, midlife is going to create some crisis for him like it does for everyone, but maybe in, in, a, in, in bigger, more difficult forms. It'll be, um, amped. it'll be amped for him. Yeah, yeah, it'll be amped. And this baby thing is, I think where that's showing up yeah. in the, the amp thing. And, and this is not to deny the, the desire for a baby or to, to see it as, you know, as a jacked up desire. It's, it's a, it's something to be really curious about, yeah. especially if it's going to destroy a relationship because it could, it will not be the first relationship that gets destroyed because of either a real baby coming or not a baby and we wanted a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where people really are on different pages, incredibly difficult. So so let's switch over to this next thing for just a minute. Um, I mean, that's an incredibly painful thing to have your needs messed with as a kid, right? Yeah. Safety messed with. What is predictable is messed with. What is, who is trustworthy as a person? Yep. is messed with. And so that stuff has kind of been in shambles. And then to commit to someone feels like an enormous leap of faith. It really, it really does. So I want to acknowledge that, right? Yeah. But then it's a human that you married. Yeah. And they come with whatever they come with. And so navigating that, which it sounds like he really is trying to do. So I don't want to downplay that he isn't doing this work. He is. Um, but when the... And maybe I'm getting the order wrong, but I think this the lack of sex started before he started therapy. Yeah, sounds um, like it. And so you're just shoving that down and dealing with that on your own and probably using strategies that you've used a long time to handle things. And so obviously it built up. So, and and we haven't had a show on sex therapists maybe before, but we could have a whole topic if we want. Ooh, um, man. But there are specific therapists couple of therapists who are trained specifically to work with sexual dysfunction, lack of interest, um, incompatibility, problems with frequency, communication about it. There, there's, I, I mean, I've, I've done a few things with different couples before and I'm not certified, but there's enough like good stuff that regular therapists use that sometimes you can get somebody to help you that way. But a specific sex therapist can be incredibly powerful because it, goes right to and there's 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 no wishy-washy why you're there <laughs> you're like i'm here for this yeah. um but can give you give a lot of guidance to a couple the one thing that i've helped couples do when they have not had intimacy intimacy for a long time is how to baby step that back to emotional intimacy that leads to physical intimacy and it's a, like a six-week program and they can do it slowly and i've seen incredible success from that that is one tiny tool in their toolkit. Um, and I've watched it alter relationships. So there is really good help out there for this specific thing. I think what's tricky is, you know, the baby and the sex are so connected too. Yeah, um, there's no and so <laughs> there's no separating those usually unless no, you're doing it. A no, tube unless you go something. to the IVF for, yeah. yeah. So I I I I wonder, I mean, if I could just say blankly what I want, I want John to um go see a therapist who will help him with this, the baby 
thoughts and obsessive and just sort of figure out where this need to father a, a child comes from, whether he fathers a child or not, just yeah. a, a healing, honest look at that, I think could be really powerful for him. And then I would send them to sex therapy. <laughs> That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah. I don't want to simplify it to those, you know. Sure. But but I, I think they're just, they're big. And all the patience and love and doing all the right things in the world maybe won't help quite the way you th- they you think they should. Mm-hmm. And, and this is very common. When someone has an abusive background or a, abusive, difficult, difficult childhood, there is very much a how I behave is so key to life, right? So if I'm quiet, they won't um, fight. Um, you know what I'm saying? Et cetera, et cetera. There is the, if I manage me in particular ways, I can prevent, and this is usually really young children who think this, right? No. Um, it's my fault, or I could do this differently, or if I said that the right way. And that doesn't just go away. That tends to follow through someone's life. So if he is overly concerned about you know, meeting all of her needs and making sure he does all the right things, he's expecting something good and that rage is going to build. Right. And so maybe taking a look at that. Yeah. I, uh, I think the sex therapy thing is an important point because I think a lot of people just assume, well, a therapist is a therapist, but they're specialties, right? Like yeah. you would go yeah. there for specifically help in that area. Um, and I think that would be really good for them. But also, you know, there's this thing, such a weird stigma around, like I really, I get, so, okay, take this as some, from somebody who loved parenting. I enjoyed all of it. I love my kids. I love it. All right. They enriched my lives in every possible way. It's the most important thing I ever did with my time on this planet was having these kids and being in their lives. That being said, I 100% know that that's not for everybody. And that people who struggle with that or don't want kids for whatever their reasons are, whether they think they're minor or major, is should 100% be respected and it's them and it's their lives. So they should be able to choose whatever they're going to do and not get hassled by mothers-in-law and you know stuff like that. They should just be able to, to, to make their decision. Um, but I will say that the, the, the fear of it, I get the fear. The fear is real. So even though I knew I wanted kids, when the time came... I was t- freaking terrified. Like I, I, I probably relate to her more than him in this case because I was just like, "Oh my gosh, is this really happening?" And w- even when it was happening, and she was being delivered that night, I was the one in a chair, you know, and the nurse is asking, "Is he okay?" Because I was a freaking mess. <laughs> I was a big pile of of, of scaredy cat, and because um, you know, I no matter what prep you do, no matter how hard you work at it, no matter what you think you've got taken care of to make this happen, you still feel like you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be great at this or whatever your, your fears are. Those are all normal. Um, I just, it's hard for me to imagine to have that normal stuff, those normal fears and, and trepidations that everybody's going to feel at some point. And then add on to that, all of this history, this past, this lack of intimacy thing, which, you know, sex doesn't have to equal kids. But the fact that that's not there at all is is super concerning because you know you can't go on forever without without something like it's easy for people to go ah you ain't gonna get it on you ain't gonna be happy but it's it's deeper than that it's like um yeah human beings I don't know the words for this you probably do better than me but we need that closeness with people 
And I don't just mean a hot Saturday night. <laughs> I'm, I just mean like, you know, that connection. I feel like if they don't have that solved, none of this kid stuff's going to matter anyway. Like yeah. that, that feels paramount to me for some reason, like his behavioral stuff, which he's getting under control, uh, her issues that she's working on with therapy. Those all seem like good, positive directions, Yeah, but they got to do this because none of the other goals work if they don't have this. And, and this meaning it's not just like they're going to, Oh, I stopped myself from saying something stupid. Good job, <laughs> Wendy. Um, <laughs> Nicely done. Not just that they're going to have intercourse. That they also, you know, it's it's the safety, the intimacy, the feeling wanted, the feeling connected. Like so much of that is uh, powerful stuff that gets you through a lot of other things, right? Yeah. And so I think I think the baby as some end goal is maybe natural and everyone's different about this, but really the baby is an extension of your connection yeah. is a better version of this, right? So working on that connection at the same time, you're processing with somebody else, this intense craving for a human being mm -hmm. to be in your life. And, you know, I mean, if, if all I did on Instagram was watch people on yachts, I'm going to want a yacht. You know what I mean? And so you got to look at, and, and here's what I find with most people. When I break down what their social media intake is, we find so many core sources of their misery. Mm. And it's chicken and the egg sometimes, but so, you know, you're trying to save money and you're never able to and you can't figure out why. And then I go with you through your social media and it's everything you can't afford. You're, you know, you're just you're just setting yourself up to be in pain. So if you can change that slightly, shift what you see. And, and so a therapist is going to see a broader picture of what is going on here. I'm not saying he's got like a Pinterest board with babies all over it, but he might also <laughs> not be taking care of what he needs to. And then it's giving him a whole lot of dopamine to think about this baby. Yeah. And, and I'm going to just flash the feminist card real quick. It's not your body. And it is not, all the fluids aren't coming out of you. No. And, and yeah. as much as we'd love to think it's all egalitarian, we all know Scott's kids would be dead without Kim. Like, we all know oh, it. Oh, 100%. Love you both. Yeah, I know that too. I mean, I would, I, I would hope I would do what's necessary if things were different, but you're not you wrong. Would. Like this, you, you would, but it doesn't mean... <laughs> Your sister and your mother might need to live next door. Yeah, they might need Kids to. Kids can only live for so long on Doggeritos, Scott. Yeah, I know. Agreed. I agree. Agreed. We're going to run out of tortillas and corn dogs, and then what? Agreed. And so it's yeah. not that that he can have this desire. You know, uh, it isn't to downplay that, but it's to recognize that unless he wants to get a surrogate and do a child a different way, he has a partner he has to figure this out with. Because it really is way more of a sacrifice for her than it is for him. Yeah. It just is. Now, if they adopt, they have some other form. Okay, great. Then we can be on a slightly different footing. But her bodily autonomy and her own fears and everything, like, he just can't override that. So he either needs to demonize her or work with her. And that's, unfortunately, kind of what happens in, in relationships, right? Is there's enough... Vitriol can be created pretty easily in, in stuff that's so intensely needed yeah. or wanted by one party because yeah. resentment builds. And it can start as simple as like, do the dishes. I don't like to do the dishes, right? Like marriages will, and relationships can crack 
with way less pressure than than they are under. Yeah. Um, mm. And so just being really gentle with it and honest with it and, you know, like 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 Scott said, a little bit of the, let's see what we can do with your emotional, physical intimacy before you bring a kid in to add a thousand pounds of weight on top of right. everything. Right. I mean, well, yes, there's the bonus of them. They're smiley and cute, but right. it is not there, a way to no. improve a relationship. Not necessarily. Ooh, you really have to, you really have to f- deal with, like you've said, deal with the underlying issues that are going to be underneath everything. But that takes a lot. That's going to take a lot of patience. And I think that's another thing that he mentioned yeah. was this idea of almost 40 and feeling that there's this time pressure that needs to be fixed now. Uh, I want kids. And if I wait too long, what does that mean? And all this kind of stuff. And, but, but those are all like, you can't just say, let's, let's fix this one small issue, have the kids. And then because, because you're just delaying what seems to be other issues right. coming right. out and, right. and forward. I think right? Obviously the, yeah. the rush, the rush comes from, forties, uh, this weird demarcation in people's lives. They think that's right. your, right. Your moment of no return. I have bad news for everybody. It's not, but um, it's not. It's not. It, it really is not. No. However, it is a little harder to chase a toddler around in your forties than it is in your twenties, <laughs> and you just know too much, right? So, yeah. so, and that clock ticking and that stress and that feeling of deadline. That's the other thing to to kind of think through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of older parents out there. So if I said, hey, just show me your social media and I am looking at beautiful people with new babies, mm-hmm. then you're looking at the wrong stuff. Yep. You need to look at the dad who's 60 with a fourth grader. Yep. Right? Yep. And you're going to watch real life. And it's not to dissuade you. It's just to be a more honest portrayal. What we look at all the time is the setting us up to not get the thing we're looking at. Right? Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. Is a trap. It's very. Don't you feel like there should there needs to be a social media where where parents with kids that are older post pictures of the the stressful terrible times. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, as a war as a warning. Yeah, to they share should have. People. You know what? Your Instagram photo should be a dark lit photo, a garbage blurry photo of you on a couch at two a.m. wondering where your daughter is. You know, like, or it should yeah. be. Uh, you up with four kids who all got stomach flu the same time and are barfing mm-hmm. everywhere uh, and crapping everywhere. <laughs> now you have it and you still have to deal with it. Like, like those right. sorts of things, they come and they go. They can make you. They can definitely make you and your relationships within those situations stronger. But but it it feels like you got to have some kind of baseline going in, or else I would just I just wouldn't do it. Like yeah, like as well, much and, as I. And the great fear I would assume for him is that he recreates history. Yeah. Right. That is everyone's fear, which yeah. is why often people just will not have children if they've had terrible childhoods, because that's their guarantee not to recreate history. Sure. Um, and again, let's be clear. There are plenty of people who had great childhoods and don't want children. It's everyone's everywhere doing their thing. It's fine. But there is a very common version of this. Like, I will not because of what I went through. And and so that fear or that the work you have to do to not recreate history, because there is, you know, the perfect parent will yell. The perfect parent will do things wrong. Yeah. And so you got to be able to handle you when you aren't perfect. And a child thinks you suck because yeah. they will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I... all the things, right? So the healthier you are, the, you know, 
I think we often focus on, are you physically healthy to raise a child? Mm, that's not the concern, even though it's helpful to have good knees, right? It's, are you actually psychologically healthy to do this? And if your partner and you aren't together working on it, because let's say she was like, yes, let's have a baby. This guy would have a baby right now and be sleep deprived and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then would be navigating the same stuff, mm -hmm. the intimacy thing The you know, the baby would just mean you have less time and you can't get a workout in and you're poor. So that's what you would add. Yeah. Plus you have <laughs> like, you know, uh, sometimes stuff, you know, having a baby on the woman's side the you know, of course the dude didn't have to do much work. He had a great time making that baby. But, uh, when she's had it, so many chemical changes happen, you know, some yeah. women really get like, I, I don't just mean postpartum depression, but I mean like, you know, it just affects them. And right. so, and she already has diabetes, so she will have diabetes while pregnant. Which yeah. Means she all of these things care. are true. That's yeah, absolutely There's true. lots of, especially the older you get, right. Men can just donate that old gross sperm until they're 80, <laughs> but <laughs> Women, we gotta. There, there is a time clock there that gross matters. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> old, old, gross sperm uh, for sale now. Um, Look, I got through almost all of this with only that. That's pretty. Good. No, good job. I'm impressed. So, <laughs> someone in the chat said something that I think is we at least should bring up. In the email, he said she at one point said she just wasn't attractive to him, or she he wasn't attractive mm. to her, and yep. a whole bunch of people said red flag, red flag, red flag. You know, they should break up. This isn't, this, you know, this isn't going to go on or whatever, because that's just yeah. a huge red flag. Um, is it always or sometimes is that just a stage or phase or they don't know how to interpret how they feel if they're not feeling like they want to have that kind that level of intimacy? Part of your brain just says, well, is it because I'm not attracted to him? I guess I'm not. I'll go ahead and say I'm not attracted. Like, I don't know. It doesn't always right. have to mean that. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. You're hundred percent right. So that. But also, you don't have to be attracted to each other to have an in, uh, a good relationship. That's true. Yeah, I've seen some marriages where they're they're not repulsed by one another, but they no, go but ahead there's and live a, out there's their a lives. spectrum of that type of desire, and it can change over time. Sure, totally. It should change. Like if yeah. your body stayed the same since you were 25, then who are you? Like that's not real. So it has to change and it will change. And so yeah. your the problem exactly is that it's right. that they're not on the same page. Right. Right. And and it may be that if she's let's let's just say she's depressed and anxious and doesn't feel good about her own body and she is not feeling any of the things, that that's attraction right there. Affecting attraction. If you don't feel good, you're less attracted to anyone. Maybe you could have yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know. Some walk in who is especially attractive, but you still might be like, nah, let's just play a board game. Right? Sure, like, sure. Right. It, and, and everyone can f have a different sexual drive anyway. There could be biological reasons. There can be just, that's not how it floats for you. But that needs to be addressed. So people's point, uh, they should break up because that's a red flag. That would be a red flag in their relationships. Mm. Right? Or that idea of like, Oh, I'm in this more than the other person. That is a scary thing. That is potential rejection on the line. And so that that's something that matters to them. And in this case, that is, is it? So that's why I would just like a professional to overview their sex life a little bit to just say, ooh, okay, let's figure that out. Because that is a, a very common piece of this is people's very, like a, a, a change that's, you know, we're always worried about a change that was not planned or unexpected or you know like have you suddenly stopped sleeping yeah. that is a much bigger deal than slowly over time i've stopped sleeping 
um, because it, something more acute might be going on. I don't know, but did they they need it. They need help evaluating that. And I'm assuming if she's depressed at all, that it's just not even on her radar. Her hormones might not even be functioning in a way that desire is even possible. There's some biology things maybe potentially happening. So a sure. good overview. Yeah, would be good. I agree. Uh, well, we would love to hear back on how things go because I really want these guys to find something good yeah, for their lives. Um, as we always do with your emails. So uh, let us know. Keep us informed. Speaking of informing people of things. Yeah. Sign-ups happening at uh, over there at the, uh, at the at the Real Help. No, not Real Help. Nope, realsteps.org. Realsteps.org. What's wrong with me? Realsteps.org, uh, not the fake steps, the real steps. Wendy, it's okay, uh, Scott. She hasn't been doing this for very long, no. so it's understanding. I told you. I go, you'd mess it up. I go on a boat for a week, and I forget freaking everything. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. It's good, good times. <laughs> um, nice. Yes, Real Steps are We are starting the first Monday in October, um, and... It's going to be fantastic. We want everyone to be there. If you have questions, you can email me at admin at realsteps.org. Oh, you're the admin, um, are you? Fancy. I am the admin. Mm. Well, at least I get the emails from there. <laughs> um, if people have questions. But, yeah, it's going to be a, a really good new round. We have a podcast that we are currently working on. Yeah. Um, one thing about Real Steps, if you participate, you'll know this. We love a good what do you like? What do you want more of feedback kind of thing? Yeah. And so we've asked people to to send us um, any topic ideas. We have like a hundred ourselves, but we thought, let's ask around. But any topics people want to hear about, the podcast is maybe 15, 20 minutes max always. It'll be a pretty short one, yeah. but we'll tackle a little small bit. So if anyone has any suggestions, you can email them there at ad, admin at realsteps.org or um, I'll give you a link, Scott, to a Google Doc. People can just oh. fill in their suggestions. Oh, that's great. I would love to pass that around. Uh, just stick that in here or, or email it or something and I'll um, I'll pass it around. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll put it in the Discord chat. Well, there okay. you have it, everybody. It's uh it's my sister, Wendy. It's nice to talk to you. And I hope that uh, yeah, the weather too. out there is not frightful. I don't know why I'm telling you. It is yeah. stunning. Yeah. I don't know what's happening everywhere else. And I'm sorry to all of you, but it's it a, will be negative 30 in the winter. So don't Yeah, you got your cold coming. We're, we're just, <laughs> it has been just perfection. We came home from 50 to 60 degree weather in Alaska, Seattle, and Canada and came home to 103 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. Oh. So, Oh, my gosh. So, so that was fun. <gasps> But it was dry. Okay. See, it's the dry it's heat, the as dry they tell you. Heat. Yes, <laughs> enjoy that. All right, be good. We'll see you later. All right, there she goes. There she goes. Uh, hey, Bobby, guess yeah. what? <laughs> no, you tell me. All right, I'll tell you. There are a couple of shows coming up. Uh, two things happening that are kind of important. Uh, tonight, Core, 5 p.m., get your video game fix on with Core, me, John, and Bo doing our thing. Uh, we love Core. You might love it, too. If you haven't heard it before, check it out, frogpants.com slash core or wherever you get your podcast. we got a big bunch of news to talk about, plus some other stuff there. I'll also get a, you'll get a full report on what Steam games Scott played on his Steam deck while on the ship's deck. So what deck deck games did I play while, uh, <laughs> while on the trip? And you might be surprised about a couple of them. Sounds like link bait. Why did I say it that way? Anyway, that's uh, tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Time over uh, right here at frogpants.tv, or you can get the podcast later. And then tomorrow at noon Mountain Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, where Bobby is, we'll be doing a live stream with the South Carolina meetup folks that are all having a little meetup tomorrow. It's in North Carolina. I keep saying South. I mean North. 
Well, uh, we are the better Carolina. You are the better it's, Carolina. It's but not yes. going to be here. It's going to be in North Carolina. That's right. I always do that. I mix them up. Um, but all I know is you both have. You have to share the Panthers. That's all I know. So yeah, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. We're going to stream live into those folks and uh, do it right here at FrogPants.tv as well and hear how stream they're doing. Stream live into them. Woo. Yeah, stream straight into those people. Uh, it's going to be good. I sent a bunch of swag this week. Brian sent some the week before, so there's plenty of stuff people will be getting. I guess they pretty much sold the house they're renting out. and uh, Or not sold, but sold it out, filled it out, whatever you do. And I uh, can't wait to hear about whatever debauchery all those folks are getting up to. So uh, I keep saying tomorrow, 9 to 12, it's Saturday. Sorry, my bad. Saturday at noon. Tomorrow I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a solo uh, uh, watch-along uh, couch party. I haven't picked what yet, but that's happening tomorrow. So my bad, Saturday at noon. All right? Don't listen to me. Actually, I wrote it in my calendar wrong. This is the problem. Okay. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Uh, this show is supported by you fine folks at home. Patreon.com slash TMS is how you do it. It's a perfect time to jump in. Relatively new month. All new content coming down the pipe. And if you haven't already checked it out after these many years, you can do it today. Go to Patreon.com slash tms and frogpants.com slash tms for everything else uh bobby one more time where can people find your rad podcast and why should they you can it the podcast is called all around science and that's how you find it just just google it or go to allaroundscience.com or twitter at all around sci stuff like that nice um, and, and just google it you put it in the googler yeah put it in the googler uh shake google. it around boom your science podcast just went up a thousand percent. So mm-hmm. nice job. It's great having you here, man. Thanks for hanging out with me. It's great being here. Like I said, anytime. I I love hanging out with uh with all the the folks fine folks here at the Tadpool. Yeah, the chat room's awesome. You're usually in there, but today you're on the other side. Yeah. Uh, our best to Brian. We'll hear how things went with him when we get back. He'll be back and uh, doing normal stuff on Monday with the rest of us. There is a film sack this weekend. We pre-recorded it earlier this week. Uh, so you'll be able to get your hands on that on Saturday as well. I think that's everything. Um, I'm going to play a song. And to no one's surprise, Scott has decided <laughs> to finish the show with a piano, or not really piano, sort of piano, but a a non-vocal cover of the Love Boat theme. Uh, I don't even know where I got this, but I'm going to play it. And you guys are going to hopefully enjoy it. Um, I got obsessed with the Love Boat during my trip. And I can't get the song out of my head, so you may have to deal with the same fate as I uh, have had to deal with for the last week. So it's coming at you right after this, a full-blown two-and-a-half-minute cover of the famous Love Boat scene, or uh, song, thing, show, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Thank you again, Bobby. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That is going to do it for us. We'll see you next time right here on TMS.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. The smell and the taste are anything but pleasing.